One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to The Broad Experience, the show about women, the workplace, and success. I'm Ashley Milne Tight. This time on the show, a conversation with career coach and Forbes writer Kathy Caprino on everything from the corporate life that made her ill to whether women have to act like men to excel. I don't view that as a male or female thing. I view it as if you want to succeed in business, you must have clarity, confidence, and courage, and you must close those power gaps. And later we look at what one multinational company is doing to help increase the number of women in its ranks. Working from home may seem ideal to many in the West, but the culture of Pakistan doesn't exactly lend itself to an efficient home office. The women said, we go back home, our mother-in-laws are at home. They expect us to, you know, be around, have a conversation. They live in with us. And it's not possible for me to say, I'm working out of home, please let me get on and do my own thing. Coming up on The Broad Experience. Kathy Caprino is a career and leadership coach for women. She also writes on women and careers for Forbes, The Huffington Post and other publications. She started out working in corporate America and stayed there for 18 years, but she ended up absolutely hating her job. Still, she felt she couldn't leave because the money was excellent. She was so unhappy she would blow up at home and regularly came down with a chronic illness called tracheitis. At 40 years old, she was at her wit's end. Zero work-life balance. I just couldn't figure it out. My kids were little then, and I lived in a different state. I lived in Connecticut and commuted to New York. But honestly, the worst trauma of all of it was waking up every morning leaving the kids. I knew that would, I was always going to be a professional woman, so I reconciled with that, but to leave it for something that I felt was completely meaningless. Selling products that had zero contributive value. Then came the terrorist attacks of September 11, 2001. Not long after, Kathy was laid off in what she says was a brutal way. She'd had enough of corporate life and decided to retrain as a marriage and family therapist, but that turned out not to be ideal either. At one point, a client called me and said, I'm going to wrap my car around a tree right now. And it was like that thundering blow that you get, the cosmic two-by-four. I said to myself, I don't, I don't want to be responsible for this. 
this is not a good fit for me. The client did not commit suicide, but Kathy knew she needed to change her long-term focus. And meanwhile, I had been trained as a coach, and I was giving talks around Connecticut to women about how do we thrive through change. And I am not kidding. Nine out of ten working women, midlife working women that I spoke to, were as broken down as I had been. She says, whereas now the life of the professional woman is an international topic of conversation, back then no one was talking about it. She plunged into research and wrote a book called Breakdown Breakthrough, aimed at women whose career dreams had turned into nightmares. And she continued to work as a coach. She says in her work, both men and women still ask her, are women really that different? Oh, yes. Let's just even take communication. We are so different in the workplace. I mean, these anecdotal stories we hear that from women, why should I have to talk about myself? Why? Sh- for, I have a client, for instance, who came and said, I went to a brainstorming meeting. It was four men and me and my boss, and we were supposed to be brainstorming. Well, every one of them had brought fully fleshed out plans with validation and research, and I thought we were just brainstorming. Well, there's a difference that can absolutely hold you back. Absolutely, you will not advance in competition with folks that, men and women, that come incredibly prepared and are ready to advocate and negotiate for themselves. Then I raise something I've heard from quite a few women, both in person and on social media. These women say far too much of the conversation around women and success is about women changing themselves to fit into corporate life. This is one of the many criticisms that's been leveled at Facebook COO Sheryl Sandberg and her book, Lean In. And you often hear... Why should we have to become more like men? Now, I don't see learning how to advocate for myself, for instance, as becoming more like a guy. So how do you address, when you hear that, how do you address it? Because I read it and see it so much. Why why do we, we shouldn't have to become more like men. They should be the ones that change. Is it becoming more like men? What, 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 say, Sandberg is asking us to do and what you teach? What a fantastic question. I don't want to look at it that way, and I don't look at it that way. In order to lead your life, whether you're a man or a woman, you have to power up. In, in my work, for instance, you know, being trained as a therapist and an energy healer and having an 18-year corporate career, all of it, and a coach, I look at what I call your power gaps. Literally, in five minutes after speaking with somebody, I can see where they are gapped in their sense of power in their confidence, in their sense of self-worth, in how they talk about themselves in five minutes. And in my work, that's what I work to close because when you have clarity, confidence, and courage, when you have those three things, you move forward beautifully. I mean, kind of the universe supports you. When you're not clear, you don't know how you stand apart from the competition. When you don't know you know, why your initiatives are important. And you don't have confidence to articulate yourself and present yourself in a way that's compelling or have a vision that's going to inspire followers, right? And if you don't have the courage to step out of your comfort zone, you will not lead. So I don't view that as as a, a male or female thing. I view it as if you want to succeed in business, You must have clarity, confidence, and courage, and you must close those power gaps. And women tend to, not to be overly stereotypic, we have worthiness issues, we have value value issues, we have guilt, we have shame all around, you know, shining our light on ourselves and being all we can be and putting ourselves first. So I don't really view it as being more like a man. I view it as what is a true leader. 
Now, this isn't to say she thinks it's all down to women to make themselves more successful at work. She says companies, which are generally male-dominated and male-oriented, aren't doing nearly as much as they need to to help women thrive. She does a lot of consulting with big companies and says most of the time they've done no research on exactly why women are falling out of the pipeline. They have no idea what the contributing factors are within their own organizations or what else may be driving women away. Kathy says they should find out and then work on some solutions. And if we cannot move this needle from 16% of women in leadership, then I think we need maybe mandates, something, we need an intervention. Because if this goes on for another 10 years, what's going to happen is women are bailing from corporate America and they're starting their own ventures, which I'm fully in support of, but that's not the full answer. There are women in corporate that want to stay in corporate. They maybe don't want to start their own ventures or don't have the wherewithal or, and, or passion. And this starting your own and launching your own successful entrepreneurial venture, I've done it. It is not for the faint of heart. If you're in pain where you are now and you want to jump to starting your own business because you think it's easier, you have another thing coming. It, it isn't. It's really for the courageous and the confident. So that isn't the full answer. It's one solution. Finally, I wanted to talk about something Kathy's written about lately that felt a bit touchy-feely to my cynical British soul. The idea that women want to bring their authentic selves to work. Kathy says she taught a class last year at New York University where all the women in the class said this was important to them. I asked what she meant. When I was in corporate, often it felt literally like theater. And I have I'm a performer, I'm a singer, I've been in theater. It felt like I could not say and be and act who I really am. I would have to, uh, you know, cater to the political environment. I would have to yes people that, you know, I'd have to suffer fools. Everyone would have to. You couldn't tell the truth. Or there would be times you were told you had to, you know, change your bottom line and generate, you know, 50% more revenue. And you knew that wasn't going to ever happen. But you had to cater to this nonsense. That's what I mean by not being authentic. You can't say what you know is true. You can't be your, your whole self. And I brought it up in the class, and all the women understood in a minute, oh, yeah, you know, we need transparency. We need to be able to tell the truth. And I don't mean wear your heart on your sleeve. I mean bring your, you know, your ideas right there onto the table and say, listen, I need to talk about the elephant that, that's in the room. And... The one fellow in the class said, I, I don't agree at all. Not only do I don't think that's necessary, I don't want that. And in his view, it would be unsafe in the political environment to be your, to bring what he viewed was your personal and your professional to, to the workplace. So, so my view is in, in all the work I do, I say, you can't separate them. Aren't you a person when you show up to your professional life? So sometimes when I'm working with clients, we talk about their childhood, messages they got about money, messages they learned about power, about the role of women in the world. You can't separate them. You are a person when you show up. Kathy Caprino is president of Elia Communications. She tweets as Kathy Caprino. (laughs) 
Continuing the theme of corporations and their efforts to become places where more women want to work, I recently attended the annual conference of Catalyst, a non-profit that advocates for women in business. Catalyst honoured three companies that day for their efforts to expand women's opportunities. One of the winners was the multinational food company Unilever. The company received an award for its progress in getting more women all over the world into senior roles. Lena Nair is Senior Vice President for Leadership and Organizational Development at Unilever. She told me about the company's move to bring Indian women back to work. India has 1.5 million women who are professionally qualified, who've fallen out of the workforce because of social pressures, bringing up children, all the things that happen to women in the ages of 30, 40, 45. And we've come up with a program called Career by Choice that invites these women back into the corporate workforce. It's a re-entry for them. We reskill them, work with them to build back their confidence, give them real business projects and work to do, and then integrate them. Some of them recruit them and integrate them into our company. So we bring them on projects and then integrate them into our company if they like it and we like it, and give them a lot of flexibility as they are returning back to the workforce. So it's called Career by Choice and has met with some tremendous positive feeling because, you know, it's not a small number. Having millions of women sitting at home is not the right thing. We have to find a construct in which the women can pursue careers and look after their homes. It can't be an either or. You say it's met with positive yeah. response, but has it met with people actually coming back into the workforce? I we mean, have 26 you... women right now who are part of the program and who've come back. And when did you start the program? We started about a year, year and a half ago. So 26 two years. isn't that many? You know, we had a significant selection process. If you look at it, in our managerial ranks, we bring about 50 people a year. So it's not a lot of people that we bring in a year into what we call management trainees. So if you look at that context, having 26 people coming in through this entry route is a nice number. Unilever has tried different tactics all over the world, tweaking when something doesn't work in the local context, because the things you and I might consider ideal for our working lives are not everyone's cup of tea. In UK and Ireland, it's a lot about working out of home, which people understand, get it, they have large spaces at home, they're able to do that. In Pakistan, for example, we tried working out of home. It doesn't work because the women said, we go back home, our mother-in-laws are at home. They expect us to, you know, be around, have a conversation, they live in with us. And it's not possible for me to say, I'm working out of home, please let me get on and do my own thing. So for Pakistan, the solution is in creating daycare centers because that's what they want and that helps them bring their children to work rather than them staying out of home. In Germany, she says, job sharing is very popular. And in parts of the Middle East, like Saudi Arabia, there are extra complications given women aren't allowed to drive. So we have pick and drop facilities where we bring the women to work and drop them back home. So Unilever, somebody from Unilever comes, what, in a minivan to the woman's yeah. house? Is it yes. like a, almost like a bus service? It's like almost a bus service. They brought into work. It's the women. The men drive to work. And uh, one of the other things that we found in our Asian countries and in, our, um, in Pakistan, Middle East, is that families like to be engaged in the work. They want to be, uh, they, they have concerns about their daughters coming into the workplace. Many of the countries, men and women, are segregated in the way they're brought up. So they want to be reassured that this is a safe place. So, uh, for example, again, using a Pakistan example, on the first day that our management trainees join, their parents come with them. They live for a day in the same guest houses that our trainees are going to be there. They get reassured that everything is fine, it's a safe company, it's a nice place, the work is exciting, and we actually engage with parents, which will not be understood in a lot of 
the developed markets that we are a part of. So it's really taking each of our initiatives and making it right for the local context and local flavor that has helped us see success. That's so, so interesting because in America there's the term, well in, in America and the UK there's this yeah. term helicopter parents yeah. for parents who spend too much time worrying about their college graduate children and there have been all sorts of cases the parents or in-laws live in with them look after the children and make it easier for the women to work so engaging them in the decision becomes really important just a few fascinating examples of the vital role culture plays in women's lives around the world now, it's worth noting here that while Unilever has been honoured by Catalyst for the strides it's made in supporting professional women, another non-profit, Oxfam, gives Unilever bad marks when it comes to poor women. In February, Oxfam released a report called Behind the Brands. It looks at publicly available information about the supply chains of 10 major food and beverage companies and rates them on various criteria from land use to the treatment of women farm workers. Unilever got 2 out of 10 on women's equality. The company has responded to Oxfam, saying it welcomes Oxfam's, quote, emphasis on greater transparency and the importance of the role of women and land rights, unquote. We'll hear from a couple more of Catalyst's international honorees in an upcoming show. Making metal in Iceland used to be a man's game. You need to put some dressing on top of the big anode chunks, which is one tons of huge anodes uh, in the pot. And um, it's physical work, it's, it's not very hard physical work, but it is physical work and you're sweaty and you get dirty and dust all over and I love it. <laughs> That's the broad experience for this time. As usual, I'll post some show notes on the website. The show is supported by the Mule Radio Syndicate. You can help this one-woman effort too by donating via the support tab at thebroadexperience.com and if you're a company, please consider sponsoring the programme. I'm Ashley Milne-Tite. Thanks for listening.